0: Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sobottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Really excited. This is episode number 201, and I've got David Prosper. How are you, great man?
1: I'm doing extremely well. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, really good, mate. Now, I'm going to get straight into it. I recently watched your TED Talk. The source of all great leadership is love. And I normally start the interview with getting a bit of the background of my guest, obviously, so people can understand. But you did it in such a beautiful way in your TED Talk. Um, so I want, to, I want to talk more about your TED Talk. but um, And I will have links so people can listen to it and watch it because it was fantastic. But let's paint the picture about your background, mate, because it's probably from what you grew up with, where you are now. It's super impressive, mate.
1: Yes, I thank you for the opportunity. I'm, I'm definitely grateful and excited to get to share the story again. But growing up for me, it was growing up in the projects. Um, you all probably call it the slums, but growing up in the projects for me, there were a lot of leaders um, that uh, it was fear-based and I never felt enough and as a result of it, you know, there were wounded leaders wounding me in the process of it and so many others. And it was just, it, it was just so unhealthy to the point where um, I had to run away because that it was the only option. And I was so grateful that one leader, and, it, and it's so incredible. We just need one leader. To say, <laughs> hey, I believe in you. Hey, I wanna speak life into you. And it can change the trajectory of where our life ends up
0: i i absolutely love that and i know we'll probably get into it that you know you're helping so many people around the globe now do you do you look back at you know your upbringing because you know it's from domestic violence as abusive household that um that you just want to help as many people is that sort of your mission now
1: yes And, and first and foremost god gave me the mission uh to help new leaders, especially young leaders, um, develop in a way that they understand who they are. So they're not doing things that doesn't align to them. So um, growing up in domestic violence and um, just fear-based leadership, if we educate ourselves enough and if we equip each other and if we're empowered and we're healed, then we operate differently. So I'm on this crusade of pushing love because I truly believe when love is a vehicle that we use to uh, interact, to connect, to facilitate, to lead, to be in relationship. If love is a the vehicle, then health becomes the result.
0: Mm, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think uh, love's always been a word, particularly for males, that you know we don't say. And I've, I've, I've always said it, David, and I think I creep people out when you say you love, and it makes people feel uncomfortable. Have you had that same experience or feeling?
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a taboo, right? Uh, especially in the Black community. We don't say, I love you, unless um, somebody's getting married or it's a funeral. Uh, yeah. it's- <laughs> or someone's birthday. I'm sorry that, it's <laughs> in our everyday language. But for men, I think we all have this deep desire to be loved, just like women do. But there's this uh, there's this stigma in this persona that we have to be strong. And strong doesn't mean love. But when we're created from the creator, God, right? God is the strongest being ever and he is love and we're created by love, for love, with love. I think um, breaking that stigma of saying the word, I love you, right? I love you as a person, not I'm in love with you because that's different, that's romantic love. But saying I love you as a person is saying you exist in my world and I love you as a human being. And I think when we say that more, um, it, it reduces the violence, it reduces um, suicide, it reduces all those things. And we're so quick to say, I hate this, I hate that. But how quick are we to say, I love this?
0: Mm, it, it is so true. And, and I think more so than ever, <laughs> we do need to actually physically tell people that we do love them and that we are there for them with everything going on in the world. And as we were saying before, 2020, how would you describe it, David? If I could give you one
1: word for 2020, mate, what, what would you say? It would be Roller Coaster. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit before, it's, it's, it's exciting, right? You know, every year, we're just like, new year, new me. You know, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to accomplish all these goals. And we're getting at the top of the roller coaster. And then we take a dive, and it's like, oh, this is a little scary. And then things start, you know, relaxing a little bit. And then we take another dive, and before it it's like, Holy crap! Like I was not prepared to get on this roller coaster. So the word I would describe 2020 is a roller coaster. So hold on your seats, um, enjoy the ride, and um, embrace what's to come. Because the more we try to resist it, the more um, the more we're not open to what's what's coming. So just being open to what's coming.
0: Oh, I love that. I think you really need to strap in, like you said, like triple seatbelt it, because any second you could be flipped. <laughs> <laughs> i i love that mate now going back to your ted talk because um i did one similar time as yourself and i know the amount of work that went into doing that mate i didn't sing in mine i didn't rhyme how long did that take you because seriously i was watching it's going wow david has just completely
1: trumped me here all, all the rhyming and it was incredible mate thank you it's, um naturally i'm a poet and uh i've watched a lot of tedx i actually grew up watching tedx as a kid and i've always aspired to you know have an idea worth sharing one day like yourself which is amazing making the world a better place and i thought about it and there's a lot of TEDx speakers uh who bless the stage with their gifting of speeches and all those things and i thought about because i'm an entertainer at heart so i thought how can i create something that connects with the heart because if you know there's inspiration as motivation but I, I wanted to connect with the heart of the listener and i know we connect more often through music and as a poet we write in ways that are uh, palatable that are receptive that people can understand so as i was writing uh the script as well as the i had many writers help me out and look over my my uh my talk I thought about it, okay, how can I create an experience for the listener, right? Uh, so I'm going to throw in poetry, then I'm going to add a little singing, then I'm going to throw in story and a little motivation. So uh, the whole goal was to take people on an emotional journey to start with me, to, to experience what I experienced, and to be hopeful that they, too, not just see themselves in the story, but they, too, can make a difference in the world.
0: Oh, and, and so true. And like I said earlier, I will have links in the show notes to watch Dave's talk because um doing a TEDx talk, it there's there's an art to it. And I, know, I know that you speak in front of big audiences and things like that, but when, when you've only got fifteen minutes max to put everything together, how how long how long went into that process of, you know, refining it and putting it all down?
1: Say that one more time, I didn't catch that.
0: Sorry, mate. So obviously you speak in front of huge audiences, big crowds, but you can speak as long as you want. Doing a keynote, you know, you you can make up time and you do things. But when you got a keynote, uh, sorry, a, a TEDx talk, you got fifteen minutes. How how long did it take to refine that story, get the rhyme, and get the singing and get the message across? Because your story was powerful, but it all come together. So how much work was put into that?
1: It was over over fifty hours. Um, which is interesting because I, I was in Mississippi. Uh, so I was doing a keynote that was 60 minutes on Thursday. Then I had to fly back to Colorado Springs on Friday and then give us another speech on Saturday. So like two different speeches, you <laughs> break those two things apart. I think it's just like any artist um, working on your craft. And it's just, it reminded me of when I played football in college. And it was just every day, day in and day out, repeating, repeating, repeating until it became like a muscle memory thing. And at the end of it, I think we have like this stage front as speakers. I still get nervous, but I had a coach who encouraged me, instead of telling your story to people, share your story with people. And the difference is when we hear about a great movie or we learn about some great book or a speaker, we just share it naturally. Like, Hey, I just want to share this with you. We go on social media and we share, uh, we share something and it doesn't take anything out of us. But when we focus on telling people, Hey, this is what I want to tell you. Then there's this, there's this feeling of, will this person receive it or reject it? And I think when we share our truth and share our story, um, people receive it a little bit better and that stage fright and, um, the social acceptance kind of just fades away.
0: Mm, and I I love exactly what you just said because um, I speak in front of big audiences as well. And each time walking in there, I question myself. I get nervous, but people always think, oh, Dale, probably saying to yourself, Dave, that, oh, you're so confident you get up, you speak, but it doesn't work like that, does it? Like you do feel nervous each time. So that, that is what you experience as well, mate?
1: Yes, all the time. I, I still get nervous, but <laughs> I I learned it from uh, Tony Robbins. He does like an incantation, like a chant. And when I used to play American football, I would do this chant before we got on the field and just like, I can do this. I can do this. Let's go. And I get myself hyped up. And then I'm just like, okay, it's it's game time. So it's (laughs) taking life into ourselves, you know, even when we're nervous. And I think when we're nervous, that shows that we're humble and, um, and when we're humble it's it's not about us it's about what we can connect with the people with so
0: mm. and and it, it does show a little bit of vulnerability as well that everybody is human do you know what i mean and people even though you p- can put on a persona or a mask or a helmet playing football that deep down there's something that still scares you isn't it
1: mm-hmm. all the time but <laughs> it's about showing up showing up every time
0: so true mate so true so let's talk back about 2020 the roller coaster and love what a, what are some key ways that, you know, if people are listening now, because I like to give the listeners something they can action straight away because yes, they're going to enjoy our conversation, David, that's a given, but how can that impact people in their lives, their friends, their family, themselves? So what are some, maybe some simple strategies to, you know, share some love or uh, a non-threatening way to maybe express that to somebody that they haven't told they love before?
1: That is a phenomenal question, Dale. And you're an amazing podcaster. <laughs> um, Thanks, man. That was love. i, I feel the love there. That's yeah, love, right? <laughs> it's as simple as, as, simple as giving life giving words. I would say uh, two things, right? So, two practical things that people can start doing right now to um, express love. Number one is being curious, right? When we're curious, that means we're open, and love is open. Um, when we're not curious and we're certain, that means we're closed off. Um, and when what it means to be curious is asking great questions. And oftentimes we're in conversation with people where oftentimes we're telling people what we do versus asking them what they do. So being curious is exemplifying love. And number two is caring. It's so simple to say, hey, I care about you. And what does that look like? That means, hey, I'm um, being thoughtful of another person's needs, right? We're naturally as people, we're selfish individuals. Um, And we have to be honest about that, but it's not just thinking about ourselves, but thinking about others as well. And if we can become curious about others, and if we can care about others, then we can exemplify love in real life, and it'll be a verb instead of a noun.
0: Ooh, I love that. And what you just said at the start about asking good questions, because I feel that you get the same response if you keep asking the same thing all the time. And how are you? I think that is an absolute, that's the worst question ever. How can you go about making that better? So I like exactly what you said there. If you keep doing the same thing, so if you keep eating the bad food, if you keep not exercising, if you keep sleeping in, you're not going to get the dreams or the results you want. And it's exactly the same with a conversation. Like you said, isn't it?
1: Yes. Asking uh, Tony Robbins to talk about it and, it's just like the questions we ask ourselves will give us the answers or the direction. So great question, Lisa, great answers. And like you said, um, if we're getting the same results, we need to ask better questions or new questions because the questions we ask leads us in the direction and the destiny that we ultimately follow.
0: Oof. So powerful. So if people are listening and you're you're not really getting much of a response or you're getting the same answers or a blank face all the time, then that's probably not the person's response. You need to look in the mirror because the pitch you're serving up to them is junk. Do you know what I mean? Like They're they're sick of seeing that straight ball every time. They might want a curveball. I'm trying to get a bit of baseball going here for you, Dave. So does that make sense? Like you cannot keep pitching the same thing and expecting a different result, essentially, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, that is the truth. It's called insanity, to do the same thing, <laughs> expect expect different results. And, and, and the saddest thing about it all is that we live in a world where a lot of people are operating out of insanity, um, doing the same thing, expecting re- different results. So you talked about exercising. If this form of exercise is not working, or if we're trying to get on a speaker stage and we're doing the same thing, you know, it's it would be helpful to get a coach. I know Lanita, um, she's a youth uh, speakers coach and she helps, you know, uh, coaches develop teams. So getting a coach is, is it would will, it will transition us from operating from one place to another. And I think that's the greatest thing we can do is having a coach on our side and asking better questions.
0: Mm, so true. and And I think sometimes people, like, I've had coaches, mentors, and I still keep trying to find better ones and new ones. And that's not saying the ones I've got now, David, are not the best, but I think it's always about finding new ones. Do you find that sometimes people resist? Oh, I don't know, that it, it's not about finding the, the word coach scares some people. It's like, oh, I, I don't need that. I'm not, I'm already good enough. Do you find some people resist that? And then once they actually get one, two part question, mate, they're like, why didn't I do this before?
1: It's, yes. It, I, I truly believe that it, people are naturally fearful and we make all of our decisions based off fear for the most part. And we fear things that we don't know. And at the same time too, we hold on to what we do know. So we hold on to certainty. We hold on to things that we're comfortable with. We hold on to tradition, even though the tradition may be limiting and not getting us to the places that we wanna get to. So. know the idea of a coach like who's this person going to tell me what to do right so there's a pride issue that we have to deal with then okay is this person going to get me uncomfortable enough to do something that i normally would not have do normally not do and so we hold on to things even when it hurt us and i think once we start practicing openness and we're surrounding ourselves with people who think bigger who think further who stretch us, I think that will help influence our decision. So it's just surrounding ourselves in a community with people who are open enough and then eventually, you know, it's a trickle down effect. Then we start opening up our, ourselves.
0: Yeah. And I love that. And, and the old saying is find the smartest person in the room and hang out with them, you know, because if you're the smartest person in the room, then well, you might have a great ego, but you go nowhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is exactly true.
0: Now let's talk about, obviously roller coaster year we've mentioned that but you that's not stopping you Dave because you've got this global youth leadership summit coming up mate it looks epic do you want to explain a little bit more about this
1: yes uh originally it was supposed to be a youth camp here in Colorado Springs Colorado and then corona (laughs) COVID-19 the roller coaster coaster. (laughs) and I think when people see interruption, we see innovation. When others see obstacles, we see opportunities. And there's an opportunity right now for um, leaders to step up, and especially in this situation. So we are launching our inaugural Global Youth Leadership Summit. I'm so excited about it. We have a lot of great speakers. LaNita is one of the speakers. Um, And we have Ryan in the UK. I'm speaking myself, and we have a couple other pastors speaking. And the whole goal is not just to teach kids, okay, here are the leadership traits you should look for, or here are the leadership behaviors you should do. But a lot of the teachers that are speaking at this summit is gonna be talking about the heart. And once we get the heart right, then everything else becomes better. It's like a thermostat, right? Um, If the weather outside, if you have it at 69 degrees, if the weather outside is hotter, Um, it's going to cool down the house. If the weather outside is colder, it's going to heat up the house. So when our heart is right, then everything else becomes better. And we believe that when leaders get better, families get better, communities get better and our world gets better. And it starts with our youth.
0: So it it really doesn't it. And then it has a snowball effect because then they can infect in a positive way, older they get and it just trickles down. So I, I, Couldn't agree more. So let's talk about that. How do we sign up? Where do we find more information?
1: So that's a phenomenal question. Uh, You would go to shepherdrevolution.com. Registration will be opening uh, next week, but shepherdrevolution.com, if you're interested, um, there's a a contact form. Uh, It goes directly to me. And then as soon as registration opens, you'll get the link and then you could make that payment. And then, what we're doing is different from every other summit. And I don't just say this because this is a marketing club. (laughs) But it's different. And the reason why I say it's different, is not just a person talking in front of a screen. Um, The vision that God gave me is to create a movie. So it's gonna be leadership lessons, but through the vehicle of a movie. So um, there's inspiration, there's music, there's, uh, we have performers, we have dancers. So it's just going to be like a, a, a show, but it's going to be about leadership and love.
0: Uh, I love that. So obviously you had to pivot and change. And I know so many people have had to do that this year, particularly with everything they're doing. And um, they may have had a whole year planned out and all of a sudden you can't do any of it. So how different has it been going from, obviously you want to run a camp, which would have been unbelievable because uh, the human connection, the socializing, these things that we need as human beings, you would have got in ample, but now you're probably gonna have a bigger reach because you can do it online. So how has it all changed?
1: It's changed in so many ways, right? Like you said, the human interaction is so important. the physical touch, the high fives, the seeing someone face, um, that is something that I'm going to miss. But I know we're going to come to a new normal where we're going to have a hybrid option of both online and in person. But I think uh, for the better, things have gotten, you know, it's changed for the better. So our reach, like you said, it expanded from just the zip code of, you know, the U.S. to now international. And I truly believe in order for us to change the global pandemic of uh, fear-based leadership of suppressive uh, learning environments is going to take a global effort. And uh, my mother would always say growing up, it takes a village to raise a child. And now I say take communities to change a community. So uh, I initially thought it was an interruption, but my wife was just like, this is time to innovate and real leaders step up when others step down.
0: Hmm. Oh, so many lovely takeaways from that. That uh, lot of lot of great quotes. You could put a pick any of those, mate. That could be the marketing image for today's podcast, David. I absolutely love that. Now, mate, I'll have links in the show notes, guys. So if you go to episode two hundred and one, um, you'll be able to obviously check all that out. Sign up, make inquiries, and join involved because it sounds brilliant. Now, Dave, before I let you go, mate, there's a couple of questions I always like to finish off with, and. One of them is if you could look back to 18-year-old David and everything you've done now and you could give yourself one bit of advice from that you think would be amazing as an 18-year-old, from all your wisdom, knowledge, speaking around the world, TEDx speaker, dominating, sharing love, all that, what would that one bit of advice be?
1: It would be... Man, that's such a deep question. It is, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not in, prepared for it. So it would be um finding your worth in god um, versus finding my worth in my achievement and my success and my friendships um because these things they come and go friends come and go um achievement they are exciting when you do it but eventually they just become a a trophy on the wall so focusing on my identity as a youth uh, would be my biggest advice and to continue to persevere because Great things take time um, and great things happen when we're persistent um, and on the other side of fear comes fulfillment. So those would be the things I would say to myself
0: absolutely love that that that's brilliant and i suppose the last one is what legacy do you want to be remembered for so you've still got so many great years in you and you're so innovative and you've got so many brilliant things coming up and the roller coaster of 2020 is not going to define you and it's not going to define anybody else but what legacy do you want to leave on the world david
1: another deep question um it would it would be to continue what my mother uh instilled in me my mother passed four years ago and it would be um love is a foundation love love is a source of all great leadership if i can leave anything in this world it would be loving leaders who transform our world and make it better
0: Mm, so true and i think a really nice sort of fitting way to finish off would be if there's anybody in your life that you haven't told you love lately um do you know what well that that could be your homework reach out to somebody it's as simple as sending a text message you'd even ring them up and i know um i used to feel awkward to have, at the end of a telephone call you would say love you and, and i quickly hang up because he's like, i'm nervous i don't know what they'll say back and i don't want to hear it but now's the time to get on that front foot and be vulnerable and and share and show your true feelings and emotions isn't it
1: mm-hmm. now more than ever because we don't know right when the next person you know when we're gonna go so Dell, i know we just met today but i'm gonna say it on the podcast i love you bro and <laughs>
0: You're le- i love you too david thank you mate and,
1: <laughs> and it, that's all it takes it's just loving the next person uh beside us in front of us and um, I love what you're doing, and, and I know you're gonna, you're changing lives, and you're going to continue to change lives. So thank you for all that you do, brother. Mm, thank you
0: so much, mate. No, and, and just feeling, and, and you probably tell by our uh, the tone in our voice, but we're both smiling there. We both feel good. We're going to get off this podcast. And we've just met for the first time. And that's as simple as is. Saying you love someone is a sign of respect in another way, I feel too. Mm -hmm. That it's not deep relationships. we're going to, you know, form a a relationship around like intimacy or anything like that. And I think that's where people, you know, fall off the wagon a little bit. But love is just respect in another aspect, really, isn't it?
1: Yes. As simple as that. Respect.
0: Yeah, and I think what better way to finish off, mate? Respect is on there. Guys, as I said, episode 201, all the links will be in the show notes. Go and join up Global Youth Leadership Summit. He's going to take over the world. David, thank you so much for your time today, mate. It's been awesome to connect.
1: Thank you so much for having me.